0: Very cool, man. Well, thanks for taking time to chat. I know it took us a, a week or two to, to pull it together, but you came highly recommended from people in the KC area. So I want to want to get right into that. Um, how do you know the guys in KC? I think it was Brian and, and maybe Adam that were both like, "Oh yeah, get Adam on. Adam's
1: a great guy." Yeah. So I think it was Brian who kind of advocated for me to be on the podcast, but um, Adam. Is the, the inspector I met first, he and my brother, my brother actually lives kind of out by you uh, oh. in Colorado Springs. He's got an HVAC company. So shout out to Comfort Technologies in Colorado Springs. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he and Adam were friends. And when I had decided to get into inspection, my brother reached out to Adam and he's like, hey, just wanted to let you know, my brother is considering this, Line of work, and uh, would it be cool if he called you? So I didn't know at the time that Adam Adam Pontier uh-huh. uh, was, you know, just kind of a big deal here in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I reached out, and and man, I'm so fortunate to have uh, made that connection because he's been really helpful. From what was it? About 10 months ago, Mm -hmm. I think I talked to Adam. um, And then from there, as far as Brian and I connecting, um, I think it was maybe one of the local investor realtor Facebook pages where Brian had seen my name recommended a few times. So he just reached out and he's like, hey, who are you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Love it. You're in my market. You know, you're kind of in my territory here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we met up. Uh, had a drink and just hit it off right away. In fact, I think that that same night that we met and just talked, Brian invited my family over for dinner, like wow. three. Days. So, anyhow, yeah, just man, really, really fortunate to have some good resources um, here in Kansas City. We're we're blessed in this market for sure.
0: Wow. I- I've never seen this, uh, and in uh, knowing Adam and Brian, I'm not shocked, but it, it, I'm so blown away at their um, just willingness to talk to someone new, to kind of either take you under their wing, help, or just be friends. Even just that mentality alone, we've talked about on the podcast a couple times of like that abundance mentality of like, yeah, there's enough for all of us to eat, and um, and that energy. I don't know if I've seen that in many other markets where there's a couple guys that are just so welcoming like that. Like did, uh, you couldn't have expected that, right?
1: <laughs> I really didn't know. And so I had gone through my a hit training and got a, a, a glimpse into a few different markets through that. There was some guys in Chicago and I've uh, been in the Pacific Northwest. And that was one of my questions was, what is it like? What is the uh, kind of local community brotherhood or lack thereof? Like, and for the most part, what I heard was, hey, man, we're competitors and we're professional, but we're competitors. And I get that. So when I talked to Adam that first time, um, I mean, possibly he may have been thinking, and I, I won't speak for him, but possibly he may have been thinking, there is such a high turnover rate in inspectors. Good luck, kid. Um, <laughs> right? um there there may have been some of that, but one of the things that he told me was really what you just said. He's like, I think that, um, if we have quality inspectors in Kansas city, that raises the bar for everybody and it doesn't hurt anyone. Um, and you know, there's, there's the analogy that real estate is like this big ocean and some people have a little cup. Some people have a big bucket, Mm -hmm. but uh, Brian told me in fact he tried to hire me a couple times so I will say that full disclosure <laughs> it Had ulterior motives but um, I think when it became clear I was going to do my own thing Brian told me that uh, he's like there there's enough work in this city for people who do it the right way uh, so you know my, my question to him was like why are you being so helpful to me and uh, aside from him just being a great guy uh i mean that's that was his essentially his answer there's this is a big city ish city um large enough market that people who are doing it right are going to find work and he's not threatened um by by me you know he's well established so anyhow yeah it's just um really fortunate to to get to know
0: those guys. Yeah. Such great guys. Shout out to them. I'm sure they're listening. They listen to all of them, but this is the mentality that I believe the entire industry has to embrace. If we're ever going to not feel undervalued or feel like prices are too low, or there's a race to the bottom, like this exact mentality. And this is such a good example is like elevating the people around you and you know, in a sense, even promoting that they promoted you essentially by saying like, yeah, I talked to Adam, great guy. And by leveling up everyone around you, that just makes the service, you know, the the industry that much more professional and seen in a better light. And then guess what? Like prices can be higher and everyone can be more profitable and the, the cream rises to the top. So I'm such a fan of this. Um, I love it. And so I'm glad you're in with a, with a good group of guys there. Cause not barely any, I haven't really seen this in many other, you know, cities.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that makes it, you know, all the better, I suppose, not selfishly. That makes it all the better knowing that it's, it's rare and unique and hopefully it, it doesn't stay that way.
0: And you met, you mentioned another great point that they kind of alluded to, which is you never know when paths will cross, when business could happen together, when, someone could work for the other or businesses can merge. You just never know. Or if you can't do an inspection and you need to start out, you need to start referring a few to a guy on the other side of town. Like, I I just think it's not done enough in our business of that, like thinking ahead and thinking like, you know what, this could be a friendship and this could be business down the road. You just never know. Mm -hmm. So
1: anyway. We've, we've, uh, you know, referred each other work um, help each other out. So beautiful,
0: beautiful relationship. So I want to hear a little bit about your story and kind of how you got to where you're at, what, as far back as you kind of want to start it what got you to where you're at today or what got you to this industry, uh, that you started in, in, I think you said September, right?
1: Yeah. 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 I officially, officially started, uh, I guess for hire in September. Um, yeah, I guess as far back as I would go, for the answer to that question would be as a kid, my dad was what I would call kind of a, a master um, if that makes sense uh, in that he was the carpenter. But what dad would do was find probably the, one of the roughest houses in town, usually for rent. And he would make a deal. He would find out who owned the house, make a deal with them. Hey, I'll fix this house up for uh, in exchange for rent, and then we would kind of move on and just do that. That was my childhood. I grew up in a small town, Pella, Iowa, uh, about ten thousand people, and I think I lived in I think seventeen houses in <laughs> just in wow. that time. Right. So, so we moved around a lot, and in every house, it was a project and. Uh my dad brought me alongside and my brother, like I mentioned, who's now also, you know, in, in the trades and construction industry, um, and just really taught us everything. And uh, I mean, as a kid, my summers were spent roofing. Uh that was that was kind of dad's side job when we were out of school. We would roof houses. Um, and really that's what I knew as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um so I went to college. Uh, I went to community college to play soccer right out of high school and quickly found that, uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of direction. So, uh, I ended up dropping out of not one, but three colleges. Um, (laughs) and just kind of fell into the trades because that was what I knew. Mm -hmm. Started construction in my hometown. Then my wife, Mm -hmm had uh, moved down to Kansas City. She got a job, we weren't married at the time. She got a job at Hallmark, she's a a graphic designer. And uh, since I was working in the trades, wanted to to stick with her, I moved on down to Kansas City, found a construction company. At the time I was spraying foam insulation. So I found a contractor who was doing what I did and got on here and started working. for this company that really man changed this this company the Hayes company shout out to the Hayes company in Kansas City uh really changed my life in a lot of ways um while there uh working what year was this so this would have been 2006 okay. I believe. i think 2006 is when when i came down to Kansas City started working there um and this company does really a little bit of everything, from uh, gas fireplaces installs to to glass to insulation, blower uh, door tests, you know, you name it. So, anyhow, I learned a lot there. But uh, I also learned that I I wanted to go back to school and I wanted to finish what I had started uh, in my degree. And over the summers, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I had worked as youth counselors with this at-risk youth camp, and I decided I wanted to be a teacher. So while working construction, this company, the Hayes Company, was really gracious to allow me to go back to school and get really three degrees. I finished up my associates, my bachelor's, and then my master's Wow! while working for them. Yeah, and it was, man, it was just awesome. And they they knew, they supported me knowing, hey, you're going to move on and and do something different, but we we believe in you, we trust you, so you'll have a job here, really, uh, as long as you need it. So um, then I got into education after that, and I taught middle school social studies for nine years. Um, About three years ago, Uh, I realized that it was time to uh, time to move on. So by this point, I've got four kids and teaching is teaching is rough. Um, I have all the admiration and respect for people who are still in the trenches teaching, especially now during a pandemic. Um, But it just became clear that I needed to move on and so started pursuing some different options. And I remember distinctly my wife at one point, I think it was a friend who was either working on a project in their home or we're going to buy a house or something. And they would call me and ask me questions. And I remember my wife said something to the effect of, you know, that's a job, right? Like when people buy houses, who <laughs> comes in and, and inspects their property. Um, So we had fixed up, we bought a foreclosed house that was near condemnable. We had fixed it up um, kind of every step along the way. And she saw how diligent and careful and concerned uh, sometimes annoyingly so um, that I had been. And she really believed in me and she said, hey, I think you need to to be an inspector. So anyhow, um, did some research. And that would have been about a year ago. Uh, I think about a year ago this time, I I went through the HIT training, and shortly thereafter had that phone call with with Adam Pontier that you mentioned earlier.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. So what, what? What was what was that thought process like? Like you said, it was clear that education wasn't the path. So was it a draw towards? being your own boss was it just burnout was it just the fact that yeah that teachers are overworked underpaid like what what made you
1: just say okay
0: i'm going to make a drastic change even though i went to you know went and got my degrees in this
1: yeah so a combination of a lot of things i think initially it was it was the burnout like watching the toll that teaching had on my family Mm -hmm. and then without going into too much detail uh, my heart was for the kids that I was teaching, wanting to come alongside middle schoolers who were in this pretty difficult stage in life, um, kind of help them, equip them to, to learn skills, to be confident and successful. And what I started noticing was just some, some shifts and some changes that made it difficult for me to, to do that, to build relationships with kids to help them in the ways that I thought that they really needed um, a teacher to help them. Mm -hmm. So kind of the combination of, Hey, this is a huge sacrifice for my family and I'm not affecting kids or people the way that, that I intended. And I I really miss working with my hands Uh, the whole, the whole time I was teaching. I always kind of, was looking for an investment property to, to work on and flip and my wife still is. Um, that's that's something that we're always interested in as as we fixed up our house. So like I, I longed for being able to to like in a practical way help people in a time of, of need to come alongside them, to help them and to to kind of get my foot back in the construction world that I had missed. So I think that's kind of the combination of those things. Yeah. um, Makes a ton of sense. Inspection, you know, appealing to me.
0: Makes a ton of sense. So did you talk me through kind of the, the resigning or quitting and then picking up the inspection business? Because some people do a cold Turkey, some kind of ramp it up as they're winding down their previous career. Like what, what was that planning and process like?
1: Yeah. So I guess you could say I did a cold turkey. Um, I started my, oh, like the, the online classwork uh, for, for my A-HIT home inspection training while I was still teaching. So I was going through those modules, looking into InterNACHI, um, and I think I had joined InterNACHI even before uh, I resigned, but um, I, I'd been convicted it would have been oh it would have been i think winter of 2019 or 2000 i can't remember um i knew i was going to do it and i started so i okay paid for the class and then uh then the pandemic hit so i finished teaching the the last school year online virtually because of covid all while i was taking all my InterNACHI and hit courses to, to get certified. So, um, once, once I was done, I kind of, it, it really worked out pretty well, not necessarily by design, but I finished my coursework. I was certified the school year ended. And then that summer, uh, it would have been last summer. Uh, I, I really just kind of invested everything into getting prepared to, to launch my business. So, uh, i I would say it was it was cold turkey.
0: Got it. And so what what did that summer look like? What what did, what were some of the first things you did? And kind of what was your outlook? Um, you know, what you wanted to accomplish during that, like summer of preparing?
1: Yeah, so the, the summer of preparing was just starting a business, like even aside from home inspection, and, and knowing what that type of business would look like. It was really running a business, you know, preparing for Um, going from my, you know, working in a bureaucracy for a decade uh, to now being responsible for all the things that a a business owner would do. So uh, I will say that in that time of preparation, probably the best decision I made was to go with Spectora. Um, I had looked at three other inspection softwares and I knew from the get-go that because of the automated everything, right, and the layout and the design of your report, I'll I'll tell you, I won't name the um, the software, but the first software that I used, I showed the report to my wife who was a designer, and she <laughs> and she said, "This is, this is not okay, like this, you know." <laughs> the product that you share with some. So anyhow, and so she looked at Spectora and she's like, yeah, she loved that aspect of it. And then of course, um, everything else that that you guys provide um, just made it very clear that, um, you know, as an inspector, I want to provide kind of a one-stop shop, right? Mm -hmm. All of my service, every service that that my clients need, I want to be able to either do it or somehow coordinate it and that's one thing that you guys have just mastered is is putting everything kind of together in a bundle in-house so using spectora um and then just networking uh with starting with with real estate agents that i knew of course you you do a ton of practice inspections for everyone in your family and everyone you know um but because because covid uh I and still to this day, I've never stepped foot in a real estate office. Um, it was just a, a few people that I knew in my uh kind of social circles who were realtors gave me a chance and just kind of kind of grown from there.
0: Beautiful
1: that last summer. Yeah. Beautiful. What did I- I'm always
0: curious. I give this advice all the time of like, exactly that. Like, look at your so immediate social circles. Everyone knows an agent or two or eight and, and network with them and see how you can get in touch with them. What, in, by what methods did you do that? Because that was smack in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So like, what did that outreach look like? What did you say? Uh, did you, did you, I'm sure you felt imposter syndrome to some degree. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so the, the, the first agent that, that really, even gave me a shot uh was a friend from church and so he he even saw me kind of through this process of hey I'm leaving education uh our friendship started about that time and I want to get into inspection so he was he was so uh kind I think is the word I'll use right he was taking a huge risk uh and he just said yeah I'll you know, I'll use you. You're going to be my guy. I trust you. I know you, I trust you. Um, So from there, um, it was, hey, look, I'm working for him. And he advocated for me in his office um, and other realtors that he knew. Uh, And then honestly, I can remember after like maybe my fourth or fifth inspection, uh, somebody saw my report, uh, or a spectoral report, and it just blew his mind he said hey this is this is a really clean report this is really well done i'm do you mind if i share this at my office so then it starts kind of spreading like that and of course i'm i'm by no means i haven't i haven't arrived i'm still you know fighting tooth and nail here trying to to build my business um and i'm fortunate to to be where i'm at but um the The Facebook, the local Facebook groups, I think I mentioned earlier, Brian saw me and and I think that's how he first found out about me. Uh, You know, hey, either I need an inspection. Who do you trust? Or somebody will say, here's a problem that I have with this property. How do I fix it? So I'm jumping all over that, giving advice Mm -hmm. as I can. Um, Really, I mean, honestly, I love that. Like whether, whether they know I'm an inspector or not, that's, that's really fun. It's really fun to be able to even anonymously, like help someone solve a problem with their home. Um, So going into those types of Facebook groups in particular, uh, I think kind of helped people just see my name and maybe build a little trust.
0: Oh, gosh, this is great. This is gold. Because I think if anyone is thinking about getting in the industry, you have to think about what your kind of social network looks like. And that that's going to kind of be your seed, kind of for meeting people and people trusting you, like you said, knowing, liking and trusting that doesn't just happen overnight. It comes from sometimes months or even years of knowing someone just being a good person. So all that pre-work comes to fruition. I think anytime you start a business where it requires networking, Um, I want to riff on this for a second, because I believe just being genuinely helpful over time can be a business strategy. It's like a growth strategy. It doesn't sound sexy. It's not like a just do this and then the money flows in, but You mentioned just being helpful on forums, on Facebook pages. I think there's something more here and I kind of want to see the home inspector's role kind of grow like that in terms of like just being a helpful consultant almost. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's great that you did that. I I don't have a question in there. I just think that's amazing that like you you jump on and the rewards, it's like farming, the rewards happen, you know, in the following season, not right away. Is that kind of how you view it as like just being helpful and good things happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, and I will say something about social media in general, actually. So prior to, to starting my inspection business, uh, I was I was just not a big fan of mm-hmm. book or, or really anything for, for all the reasons that people kind of stay away or abstain from those. I get it. So I realized this is, my approach was this is kind of a necessary evil, right? I mean, you just have to be. So I started just out of nowhere. Hey, I haven't been on Facebook for 10 years, but here I am again. I've started a business trying not to be um, off put anybody by that. But what I I learned actually, and maybe it's because we're in the midst of a pandemic and this was how people are connecting uh, anyway. But what I learned is that, like, I started to connect with people, whether it was related to my inspection business or not, started to actually connect with people in my community where I'd lived for five years, uh, like, and just knew a few neighbors around me. Now I'm starting to to connect with and network with people all around in local government, uh, friends from 20 years ago back in Iowa. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been a, a a surprise, like a, a really nice surprise to, to have to be on, to go from, uh, having to be on social media to getting to be on social media and and be and stay connected with the people.
0: And that's, you're so smart for having that realization and not digging in your heels because I talk to an inspector probably every week that seems like they have decided they don't like social media and won't do it for their business, which to me is insane. I think it's like, it's, you know, it's like uh, saying you don't want to hunt where all the good food is or where all, you know, it's like, why would you do that to your own business? So I think it's great, especially um, as you know, people still aren't going back to offices in some, in some areas. So that that's amazing. And so you've, you know, when you're, uh, I mean, you could say if you'd like, however, however, how many inspections you've done, but you're off to a great start and you haven't been in an agent office. So what are you just going to keep going with the same playbook of like, Hey, continue to connect with people, continue to be helpful online. Um, and things will keep growing.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like my, my primary, uh, I I suppose you could say marketing approach, but there, there has been more, um, one of the things that, I don't remember who suggested it. it may have been an agent that I met suggested it to me that, uh, and my wife was really pushing for this was to write a letter to, to do uh, like an actual letter and write here write a little note on it and send those to agents. So uh, I started, I suppose you could call it a campaign mm-hmm. um, doing, you know, my wife designed this uh, little kind of letter or, flyer to to realtors and I would write a note and send those out and then kind of follow up that way. So I'm I'm doing that thinking like, hey, you're going to get a million emails. So if I just send you an email every week, every month, that's helpful in you seeing my name. But if you get an actual letter uh, that's like I have actually um, handwritten, then you're likely to read that. So um, I've done that, uh, but beyond um, kind of social media networking and doing that, uh, that's, that's been my approach so far. And I, I mean, we'll see here in Kansas City. I know some, some agents that I work with are back in the office and have told me that other people are back in their offices. Okay, So, so that may be kind of the next step is to finally... Uh, finally get into brokerages. But yeah. for now, thinking to the, that approach.
0: I like that. I like doing things that don't scale. I'm just a big fan of that uh, approach in general of going where everyone else isn't. Um, so whether it's handwriting you know, letters or doing events, things like that. Um, and yeah, FaceTime, gosh, everyone's going to be desperate for FaceTime. So I think there's going to be a huge opportunity in the next couple months to go get those coffees, to bring in some breakfast, to bring in some fruit, whatever it is, because I believe collectively everyone is craving that and is going to be more open to it than maybe ever before. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be a gold rush in terms of getting agent FaceTime. What, how, how do you view kind of this next chapter of growing and scaling? I know, prime. you know, when we emailed before this, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of one of your topics or something you were interested in, where do you, yeah, we could chat about whatever you want, but how are you envisioning, are you, you're already thinking about scaling and growing, which is great. I think everyone needs to, if that's a goal of yours, I think everyone should always be thinking about what if I had double the inspections I have now, how would I handle it? So like, how, tell me a little bit how you're thinking about that.
1: Yeah. So I think that like my, I I have some specific goals, but I'll just kind of be generic here um i i know that my world is going to be turned upside down when things continue to get busy because i'll have weeks when i'm booked to what my ultimate capacity is and i'm barely surviving mm-hmm. um so that's been that's been good and bad uh i've been able to to kind of taste that a little bit and think okay what do I do when I'm really just overbooked or over capacity? And one of the things that I have to do when I find time, this is kind of ironic, is, um, so I'm not using Spectora Advanced yet. So as as efficient and as integrated as so much of what I do has been, I know it can be more so, um, but I just really need to kind of wrap my mind around how do I do this so that I'm not sending emails and texts to everyone every time? Um, so just being being more efficient, like getting systems in place to where somebody wants an inspection, they know, I go online, I book it, and everything, s- scheduling-wise, is taken care of, and then potentially um, bringing someone on to... To help, so I mean that might seem kind of crazy, not even being a year into it, uh, and I, I'm I'm not ready for hiring anyone yet, but I want to I want to be prepared uh, so that when I am, uh, and when things really do get slammed, I'm not hiring someone out of fear and necessity, but I I have an idea in mind of who I want to work with and how I want to go about kind of working with them. If Lord willing, I I ever get to that point.
0: Absolutely. And you will just by that mentality, I believe if it's a goal of yours, because I, I hear too often, you know, the opposite approach of like, Oh, let me generate the demand first and then I'll expand. And it just never works out that way. That's just the reality of it after being in this industry and talking to so many multis that have done it, they, you have to take risk. You have to take some business risk and believe in your ability to generate the demand, to, to put in the marketing effort, whatever you, you know, your it is. Um, and I see that you got, you know, you got the radon termite sewer. scope. you do it all, which is great. And, um, that's exciting. Yeah. Advanced has been a game changer in terms of those upsells. So like that's always the bite size way to, to make it pay for itself is like, Hey, you get one extra sewer scope a month. Boom pays for it in that automation um, getting it done at your stage where you're at i believe is kind of the future for people great uh, gracefully scaling as opposed to trying to do it i work we work with guys that are trying to do it when they have two three four five inspectors it gets infinitely harder
1: yeah well i hope with obviously your uh, help in using advanced inspectora along with other resources that uh, if I get to that point that uh, I can be prepared or if I'm not, then (laughs) I'll, I'll learn from that and persevere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How big, how big would you want to be? Do you think how far, how far in the future do you think? I'm always curious um, other business owners, how much do they really project out?
1: Yeah, I I really, I I don't. So it's, it's kind of um, it's interesting because I think that I am an unlikely entrepreneur. Um, I'm a person who is kind of like down on the ground where the rubber meets the road. And I'm, you know, I'm concerned about all the details and, and focused on them. And it's hard for me to see beyond that. Um, so starting my own business has really stretched me to do that. Um, so like when, when people say, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I I never know how to answer that question. I think well, (laughs) I I I don't know. I instead of answering like what goals I'll have accomplished, I think here's the here's you know the the attitude that I hope to uh, maintain rather than what I hope to have achieved. But um, I think that so my wife is uh, has been so good in so many ways in uh, my life, but particularly since we're talking about uh, my business, um, she is a person who kind of has vision and big ideas. So we balance each other out and kind of check um, each other in a lot of ways. So to answer your question, I think that um, ideally right now, I would like it to be me and one other person Um, just for the sake of like, it would be really cool to... Um, to do what I'm doing right now and also be able to have another person be able to like provide for themselves and their family because of what, what I'm building. Um, and I want to, I want to be an inspector. So I realized that if I start, if I were to start hiring two, three, four, however many inspectors, then I know my role would change drastically. And Maybe in five years, if I I get to a place where I have that decision to make, I'll look at it differently. I mean, I never five years ago when I was teaching seventh grade social studies, I never would have imagined that I would be a small business owner inspecting homes. So we'll see what happens. Um, But for right now, I think that what I would project is hiring one other person.
0: Um, But we'll see. That's where it all starts. It all starts with hiring one and then uh, and then you go from there and the dream can expand, the, the vision can expand from there if, if if it's in the cards. But I think I'm a big fan of just focusing on the habits that you know relate to adding value to building the business to successful, you know, outcomes. So that's uh I think that's what I'm always constantly trying to write about, put out videos on is like, hey, let's focus on your day to day what you're doing to reach people, to get in front of people um, and to provide that value. So what, what kind of stuff do you, who do you follow? What do you list? You know, what circles do you, um, you know, frequent online in terms of our industry? I'm always curious when new inspectors get in, it's like, where do you, there's not like a a go-to place where they network or who they look up to, to kind of, you know, take bits and pieces of their success from, do you do any yep. of that or are you just heads down kind of like getting into your market and kind of focusing on your, your, your clients and agents?
1: Uh, no, I, I think I do that. Um, and I, I'm not a, I don't know what, what word I would use to describe my uh, approach to following people on social media, but um, uh, the, the people that, that I do follow and, and pay attention to um, are, I mean, within whatever, like, you know, when I joined InterNACHI, of course, Ben Gramico, Nick Grimico, uh show up and I'm interested in what they're doing. And I follow them uh, for my, um, for my radon monitors, I found the breeze radon monitors. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm looking at RWS and, you know, um, kind of that area of the inspection industry with, Nathan Thornberry um but I think Brian Stanley one of the first times we met he was telling me about um Structure Tech and then Inspection Whisperer so he's he's like hey what podcast are you listening to I was listening to Spectora Spotlight and some of the kind of few and far between InterNACHI podcasts um but um from from Brian and and from Adam, they've you know just kind of dropped a couple names yeah. of people, and um, you know I will check somebody out, and so, sometimes uh, you know I, I I trust them, I like what they have to say, and sometimes I think I don't you know I don't get it, I don't understand <laughs> how, how you're able to do what you do, but um, there are a lot of people who. Uh, maybe you're the, you're the right inspector for them.
0: Right. Right. There's characters in our industry for sure. Um, Well, very cool. Uh, What, yeah. What else is on your, what else is interesting to you at this point? What else do you want to, what else do you want to riff on? That was, that was really the main, that was all the main questions I had for you to kind of hear the story, where you're at, where you're going. What, uh, yeah. What else, what else piques your interest?
1: Yeah. So I'm like everybody in any field related to real estate, which I guess indirectly is everyone um, right now.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm just curious how particularly as an inspector to adapt to just the insane real estate market. Um, Like what sorts of kind of creative new approaches might i be able to try um, to, to help especially buyers right now um, and their agents. But uh, I mean, really, that's it's kind of where my mind is. Like, hey, if this market keeps up like this, some people are projecting for another two, three years. Uh, I'm, I'm, and we probably as an industry are going to have to to do something different. So, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm open to trying different things out and, and hearing new ideas as far as what that could look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I read, I read an article the other day. I think it was. Uh, in Nashville, it was like the local, you know, local paper. And they quoted a couple, you know, a couple of guys in there, which was cool. But they said there, they are doing um, like walkthrough consultations with buyers and agents, even before they go under contract. Um, I don't know how they're doing it or how it's structured, you know, what they're charging. But I think, like you said, th- like scooting that first touch point, even closer you know, to when they go under contract or even before to get in front of a client, because you want, you want to be there as a resource. You don't want them to just go under contract, waive the inspection, not even get one. We we all, Mm -hmm. of course, we all think most people agree in our industry, we're all biased, of course, but we all think no one should make a huge investment without getting inspection. But I am hearing of inspectors doing um, kind of informational inspections and actually marketing that on their site. So it could be the same service. It could be the same price, but it's really just marketed as, Hey, need to waive the contingency uh, to go under contract. Cool. We still have a, a, a service for you where we're just going to frame things differently. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of interesting because it, to me, it's a, it's a shift in the buyer's mind of like, there's no, okay, there's no pressure on the contingency with this, but I need to learn about my home. So it kind of yeah. shifts it to education,
1: which I like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I've heard you know there's some people who uh, will bring up the liability side of that, you know, with with agreements. What does it look like outside the standards? And I think we can figure that out and adapt. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I I had an agent who sent me, oh, I think just sent me a listing, and said, "Hey, we we noticed this. Will you take a look at this?" And tell me what you think. (laughs) So I thought, hey, it kind of light bulb went off. What would it look like to offer that as a service, like to a buyer or to an agent? Um, you just send me a listing. And of course, there's challenges to that because the photography in those listings isn't in the mechanical room or anything like that. But um maybe just like a a really simple basic consultation, I don't know, or Maybe there's a there's there's something there, um, kind of like blending what you mentioned a, a walkthrough with something like that, um, so that people aren't waiting inspections.
0: So I like this. I like this a lot, and it can even be paired. So let's just throw out the, the traditional inspection and say someone is is someone thinks they don't need it, they're not going to get it. So it's like, what else could you provide as a as a you know as an educated professional. So yeah, the listing consultation, um, you know, giving them some considerations, what your mind thinks about when you're looking at this listing, maybe with a package of, Hey, once you do get a house, if you didn't get an inspection, cool, we'll do a walkthrough with you when you move in and kind of tell you what to look out for and maintenance, you know, give you some maintenance tips. Um, that feels like a lot of value to me. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think that, um, like my, my focus right now when you mentioned that has been uh, and some, in fact, I had an agent who paid for an inspection, a full inspection, including a sewer scope uh, after closing for that very reason. And I think that's probably a little unrealistic to expect that, but um, w- yeah, w- what about, even if it were a walkthrough and it was, uh, typically I'm framing this in my report as, Probably before you buy this house or after you buy this house to help you make that decision. But since you bought the house, now that you have the house, um, this is what I see, and this is how you could approach it, or this is the type of maintenance that's going to be required uh, because you have whatever fill in the blank. Um, Yeah, I like that. That's I
0: I love this, especially with the backdrop of millennials continuing to buy homes, continuing to be the ones that don't know how to maintain a home on uh, in general um, that need this help and Mm -hmm. are more willing than any generation to pay maybe even for an ongoing service. Like I got to be honest with you. When I moved into my house, if, if someone like you were like, Hey, we'll walk through the house with you, tell you everything you need to look out for some maintenance tips. And you know what? We'll come back in 11 months and tell you how you're doing, tell you what you've neglected. Like I probably would have paid for an ongoing like subscription to this. So Mm -hmm. This is this gets very interesting to me and and to us here as well, of thinking of how you all can be positioned in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's gonna scare, you know, the the old timers in the industry. It's gonna scare them because they're gonna say it's not our job. There's liability. There's liability with everything. Like let's let's just get that out there and get over the fact that, like, okay, we'll get the right lawyers to draw everything up for everybody so you don't know, get sued.
1: I think that's probably why we exist as as an industry, right? <laughs> because, uh, the history of it. Like, uh, real estate, don't love the liability. So income right. inspectors to assume that, is that, is that fair?
0: It, it really is. And like, okay. And we've done okay as an industry inspectors have been fine. Like, yes, every so often you hear of a horror story, but like that, you can't let that stop innovation either. That's my stance. And that's kind of where I'm trying to look at the future here and say, gosh, if you were that kind of consultant, walking them through their home that can open the door up to lots of other things because they're going to look to you for recommendations. Maybe they'll say, Hey, do you know a good plumber? Me? What if you did, you know, is that okay? Is that ethical? Should you make money from it? I Like these are the kind of conversations I think that are going to drive kind of the future of our industry. And it's cool to talk, cool to kind of just spitball it with you because I think that's, this is what home buyers on the ground are looking for. They just need help. Sometimes they don't care who it comes from.
1: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think, it's, it's encouraging to hear that from you because as I think about what would that look like, what would it look like for me to be a consultant and an inspector to really kind of stretch myself and diversify, like that seems like a lot of work and it will be uh, to, to broaden the services I provide. But from what I know about Spectora and about you is that if you're on board with that, then with Spectora, I'm sure, uh, you would figure out a way to to kind of integrate those other services to to make it not be necessarily something completely other or in addition to um, what I would be doing as an inspector. So right. anyhow.
0: Yeah. That would be- the goal would be to make it so scalable and easy as a service where you guys could maybe like take ongoing recurring payments. And then what if you just had a template that was kind of like a, four or five point checkpoint around the house, you know, and you did it on your way to another inspection, or if, you know, you carve out an hour a day for these and you hit them in certain neighborhoods when you're already there, it doesn't feel as bad then where you're like, wow, okay, I'm get making recurring revenue from this, which just, it just increases your longevity in the business. So that stuff excites me because it's such a boom or bust business and the churn in our industries is so high. And of course I, I have a vested interest in getting turned down so more, you know, more people can sustain uh, mm-hmm. and they keep paying us and it's great. Okay. So yeah, all things I think um, we'll chat more about, I'm sure. And if, you know, we're always looking for people to test out new like things in the field with what buyers actually are asking for and about um, just to see, you know, to see how this ecosystem can evolve. because I think the home inspection industry is known notoriously for being behind the curve with, with tech and innovation, same with real estate in general. Right. I think mm-hmm. agents, <laughs> agents are are known sometimes as, or the software and technology they use, not agents themselves. I think a lot of agents are tech savvy, but, but this is where we'll be going. I think this is what the, the things we have to be thinking about day to day when you guys work with
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that, that you are, um, not necessarily reacting to them, but you're proactively thinking about and preparing for um, as we are trying to do the same. So um, yeah, appreciate you guys. Like I said, using, going with Spectora was one of the probably top two or three um, I think, best decisions, business decisions I made starting my business about a year ago. So appreciate you having me and talking to me as well.
0: Hey, that's amazing! Thank you for that. Um, you know, just got to keep adding value. That's uh, that's that's kind of what we're about, and keep thinking what's next, and put make making the bar higher in our business in general. And I love attracting that kind of energy because I think people like you, like Brian, like Adam, like lots of people listening, um, we're constantly thinking of how to elevate this profession and this industry, and it's only going to equal good things for all of us you know, if we grow the pie, you know, and if the rising tide raises us all, um, and if nothing else, that's what, that's the kind of energy I think we're sharing. So,
1: uh.
0: um, all right, Adam, um, this has been great, man. I appreciate you, uh, taking the time, a lot of good insight in here and lots of, and just for like the new inspectors in their first year, I think just hearing other people's journeys and, uh, inputs, it's huge. Um, so any, any, any last things you want to mention or where can people find you or what's the best way to get a hold of you if new inspectors, uh, you know, want to reach out to you just like you did with Adam?
1: Yeah. Um, sure. So, so likewise, appreciate you taking the time. And as far as contacting me, uh, my website, vantagekc.com, uh, if you want to call me directly, uh, if you're a new inspector, uh, or an old inspector who you heard something and you're like, Hey, you got it all wrong, kid. Whatever. I'm glad. <laughs> to listen. Um, so my my number is eight one six five nine one five six one five. Be glad to to text or or chat with you.
0: Love it, and I'll throw these in the description. Um, so if you're listening uh, on your drive or on your phone, you can just tap in the description in the notes and get it. All right. Well, Adam. Thanks again, dude. And uh, let's stay in touch. Be curious to see how the journey goes as kind of you get into offices and uh, and keep growing your business.
1: All right. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Happy as well, well.